Channel Z and Knox Brew Hub present Knox Brew Radio and Podcast. An in-depth look at the craft beer scene in Knoxville and the latest craft beer news from around the country and all over the world. Brought to you by First Century Bank, family-owned local banking since 1894. And by longtime friends of the show, Grayson Subaru. Broadcasting live from the hub in downtown Knoxville every Monday at 6 p.m. And now, kick back and crack one open with local beer's best friends, Zach Roskop and Stryker. Hello, friends, and welcome to Knox Brew Radio. We're so glad to have you joining us. And a little little tidbit here. I want to say this at the very beginning of the show, even before I introduce our hosts here. Uh, today's episode has been pre-recorded. We want to be very open, very honest. It's Memorial Day. At least you should be listening this, to this on Memorial Day or the yes. or the day after. And uh, we wanted to enjoy that day with our friends and family. And 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 so we have pre-recorded this. Thanks for hanging out. Hopefully, if you're listening to this live on the radio. Don't drive down to the hub and join us. We will not be there. <laughs> I'll drink to that. I will definitely drink to that. We're still going to be drinking and the And the plan is, as of now is for the hub to be closed. That might change, but we'll see. Uh, so thanks for hanging out and joining us. we got a great show planned, and we're super excited to be hanging out with you. Again, my name is Zach Roskop. As always, I'm joined with my wonderful co-hosts. We have Candice Ace Preston. Hey, hey. And yeah, a round of applause. Yeah. It's also 12.30 on a Monday uh, as we're recording this for you all. So uh, where we normally have a live audience right now, it's just just Amy uh, hanging out behind the bar. But I've still got my uh, Memorial Day best on over here. Absolutely. I'm I'm ready to to celebrate the the holiday in style (laughs) a week in advance. I'll drink to that. I will definitely drink to that. (laughs) I feel like you're always dressed for Memorial Day. Uh, I try my best. And that booming voice you're hearing right now is our <laughs> other wonderful host and audio producer, Striker. That's me. Mama Cheers. calls me Kevin, a.k.a. Just Kevin. <laughs> and then we want to do a quick shout out as well to the, the person on camera. If you get a chance to watch this on YouTube, doing our wonderful video production, we have Cam Molidor hanging out with us. Cam! Cam! and uh if you're listening to this you'll uh got a chance to get to know a little bit more about cam as we interviewed him last week uh live on the show so uh cam thanks for hanging out with us for being here man we appreciate it as always we want to take a quick shout out and thank our wonderful sponsors for making this show possible um, I know that it felt like half of Knoxville was at the Moon Taxi show on Thursday. <laughs> and the reason I bring the Moon Taxi show up is that our wonderful sponsors help make that event possible as well. That's right. So not only does First Century Bank and Grace and Subaru love local beer, they love music and they love this city just as much as we do. And I want to say a quick thank you to them for their support. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. During that show... Shanna, who's a wonderful member of the First Century team, mm-hmm. ran up to me and gave me these little boom sticky things that said First Century on them. Mm-hmm. I played air drums with those things for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and then uh, Amy promptly took them away. From uh, yeah, them. that's probably true. <laughs> so uh, thank you, First Century, for that. And as soon as I walked in, the first person I saw was Dan. And I yeah, ran up, I gave here. him a big hug. I picked him up off the ground and told him thank you for for uh, his support, for everything that the Grayson Subaru team does. And so we're just happy to be a part of the Subaru and the First Century Bank families. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to say a shout out to them. Thanks for, thanks for making this all possible. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's dive in as I'm very excited. I say this every single week. We have a special brew news announcement, um, something that Candace and I have been working very hard on. Extremely. So let's just go ahead and dive in to this week's brew news. 
All right, folks, you've all been asking. I don't know how many times Candace has gotten this so question. Many. When is Knox Brew Tours going to relaunch? And we finally have the answer. If you haven't already heard, (laughs) I see some excitement from just Kevin over here. (laughs) Now here's my, here's my go-to joke. If someone said, when is Knox Tours going to restart? I would always answer. If I had a dollar for every time someone asked me that question, I wouldn't have to restart. Knox (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we don't. It's so true. It's so true. And that that means that people love, really loved what we did and the hard work that, Mm -hmm. that we've put in from the beginning. And Candace has done such a great job since she became a part of the team. So, there's a few layers here, but yeah. let's get down to brass tacks. Right. All right. The first weekend in June, Knox Brew Tours will begin offering walking brew tours. Awesome. Yes. yes. Now, the weather is beautiful. Our breweries are ready. Mm-hmm. Our participants are ready. We I'm wanted, so ready. <laughs> Candace is so ready. <laughs> we wanted to start off by offering walking tours only. A couple mm-hmm. reasons for that. Okay. One, it's a good way to sort of dip our toes in the water and restart the machine that is Knox Brew Tours. Mm-hmm. Second reason is that it takes a little bit longer to get our buses ready. The actual right. machines, yes. Yeah, the actual <laughs> machines. Great point, Candace. Um, so not only do our buses need to, you know, go through the mechanics and get all the things proper, we're also going to be going through a rebranding as well, which takes some time. And then once that rebranding is completed, we're going to be getting our vehicles inspected. So in the meantime, we hope, my fingers are crossed for the third weekend in June mm-hmm. is when I hope that we'll be able to start offering mobile tours again, but starting next weekend, the first weekend in June, we'll now be offering walking tours again yes. for Knox Brew Tours. We back, baby. We back. Awesome. Uh, previously, yep. we only offered one walking tour. Well, we had two, mm-hmm. but we have expanded. So I'm excited to announce uh, starting the first week in June. On Thursday at 6, we'll be offering a South Knoxville walking tour to include Print Shop, Highwire, and Alliance Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Fridays, we're going to be offering okay. two walking tours, uh, one downtown at 3.30 and one in North Knox at 6.30. The downtown tour, I believe, so far is going to be Balter, Pretentious, Black Horse. That might change a little bit as we might be able to poke our heads in, into North Knox a little bit. Mm-hmm. The North Knoxville tour is exciting because we have a lot of different breweries that we can choose from. Oh, yeah. So that one's going to change. It's going to and it'll change up a little bit. But we'll be working with Geezers, Zool, Crafty Bastard, uh, Yeehaw When They Open, and Schultz Brow, and Gypsy Circus as well. So Wow. Uh, and we're going to be hanging out with Daniel from Gypsy later on in the show too. So yeah. Saturday, we're going to be doing three, two walking tours on 1145 downtown and a 3 o'clock North Knoxville. And then this is something I'm super excited about. Little Sunday fun day. Mm-hmm. We're going to offer two walking tours on Sundays, one at 11:45 and one at three in South Knox and North Knoxville. Love that. Me so here, here, I will drink ex- to that. Yeah, cheers. exactly. <laughs> and go ahead and expect to see me on one of those Sono tours because I need to get my steps in. You need to get your <laughs> steps in. Yeah, that's how we should advertise the. Uh, you got a Fitbit? You got an Apple Watch? Uh, sign up for a Knox Brew Tours walking tour. <laughs> there you go. Does it also have the breathalyzer too? Yeah, into it? it should have a breathalyzer too. Um, it's been a long year. It's been over over a year. Uh, mm-hmm. We ran our last tour the the second weekend in March. Yeah, weekend of St. Patrick's Day. It was yep. the last one. 
I'm super excited. I know Candace is. We're, we're happy to be back mm-hmm. and to be doing what we love, and that's to sharing the story of Knoxville beer mm-hmm. with people and talking about beer and drinking beer and, and just sharing it all. Yeah. Um, I know you and I have found our own little ways to do that over the past year and a yeah. half. Um, I'll be at a restaurant, and somebody will be like, what's this beer like? And I'm like, let me tell you. Wait, man, through the wall. Well. <laughs> and then when that's over, I'm like, man, that was good for me. Was that good for you? <laughs> Um, I miss giving tours and I'm I'm happy to be back. Same. Hard same. I am very, very excited. So if you're interested in signing up for one of the first official tours, if they're not already sold out, check out (laughs) knoxbrewtours.com. Happy to be back. And that's it for this week's Brew Brew News. News. (laughs) Hell yeah. I'll I'll drink to that. that. Cheers. 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 Now we get to dive into my favorite part of every show. I say this often, and uh, that's we get to hang out with our wonderful guests joining us at the table up here at the hub. So let's let's dive straight into it. Immediately to my left, we have a very fine looking gentleman, a very tall one as well. Uh, Flattery never hurts. Uh, We have Peter Johnson, who happens to also be our beer rep uh, for best brands. Peter, thanks for joining us on the show. Welcome. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Every time we've uh, interacted at the Hub, I feel like I've learned more and more about you, and you seem like you've got a lot going on, so I look forward to, to learning more about you in just a few minutes. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Uh, and then next to him, we have Daniel Delf. Daniel is a great friend of ours as well. Uh, we've worked with him a lot at Last Days of Autumn through Knox Brew Tours, but he's gone through a recent transition and is now, he's taken his talents to South Beach, or I should say North Knox. Um, <laughs> And doing something sort of familiar but different as well, as you are now the I get what's the official title barrel master uh, barrel master and mead maker barrel master and mead maker at Gypsy Circus Daniel thanks so much for being on the show thank you it's good to be back in this building actually to be honest and oh. be back downtown for the first time in over a year <laughs> yeah I appreciate that we we changed quite a bit down here and it it feels very homey so thanks for joining us well sweet let's let's just dive uh, straight into it here I, I mentioned. Peter, that you are our, our rep for Best Brands. Tell us a little bit about the company that you work for and what you do for them. Sure. Uh, Best Brands, Inc. is uh, based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we are actually the second largest distributor in the state, oh, cool. uh, right behind Lippman Brothers. But here in Tennessee, we're sort of an outer market. And uh, in Nashville, they carry some like major liquor brands, major wine brands and everything. We have some of those here in Knoxville, but um, it's a smaller team. It's sort of an expansion market, like I said. So um, I have the uh, joy of selling uh, both non-alcohol, beer, liquor, wine, and now CBD as well. <laughs> so I've got, uh, uh, I've got a very I- full book. Uh, nice. But... Um, of course, uh, came out of the beer industry, so I have a special place in the heart for the for the beer division. So. Well, and speaking of non-alcoholics, we it is uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you're just now tuning in, this is being pre-recorded. Uh, we're recording this the morning of May 24th to be aired on Memorial Day. And since it's 12:30, we're all drinking <laughs> non-alcoholic beers. We've got a long day ahead of ourselves, uh, so. Cheers. Yeah. I think our video producer is is having the hard stuff. So if our next video is a little blurry, you know, get over it. Um, So let's talk really quick about what everybody's drinking, because we all are consuming some best brands products. We're having the brewery's well-being 
And they've got several different brands. Oh, hey, Candace is drinking a Heineken and A, but that's okay. It's still delicious. Um, don't be sorry. You're fine. So tell us a little bit like about well-being and, and how that is for you all as a seller and, and, and where you can find it and all that kinds of good stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, well, one of the things about well-being that I think sets it apart from some of the other uh, non-alcoholic beers. It tastes good? It, well, yes. <laughs> it, Sorry. it tastes fantastic, especially if you haven't been able to get into the non-elk beer thing before, try the Wellbeing IPA. It's it's converted a lot it's, of people. It's really amazing. It honestly tastes like an IPA. Like You wouldn't yeah. know that it's non-alcoholic unless right. someone told you. Well, and one of the reasons that that is is because the brewers of Wellbeing um, brew it before like as an actual beer before removing the alcohol i don't know exactly the process that they go through it's complicated and probably you know patented and very secret but my understanding is that they put after the beer is fully brewed so the yeast you know all of that uh, biotransformation that happens in the brewing process happens and then they put it in like a vacuum scenario and raise the temperature as you know cooking beer totally ruins the flavor but if you can um get it to that temperature where the alcohol will uh, evaporate out, but um, but not actually cook the beer. You've got like, suddenly you have the flavor, the really important yeast flavor and what, how the yeast interact with the hops in the brewing process, but non-alcohol. And I right. think that's one of the things that some of them miss. I, I've just got to say that this is the first non-alcoholic beer that I've tried in a very, very long time. Many, many moons ago, I tried... Uh, the, the can I say the one that starts sure. with an O that came in a green bottle? Oh, duels. Yeah, I, I tried that and I was not a fan. Um, not only was it not a tasty product, but it did absolutely nothing. It brought nothing to the table for me. Um, but on occasions such as today, I'm like, okay, I know they've got a, a great selection of them here at the hub, and I want to you know check a few out. And so I. I the, the guy at the bar recommended this right away. And yeah. I got to say, this is amazing. And, and adding to that, drinking it out of a tulip glass in a bar takes it to another level, too. It's, yeah. It feels more like a real beer. I'm convinced if I gave someone that beer and told them it didn't tell them it was non-alcoholic, they would not know. Yeah, we've talked about it before that a lot of NA beers used to taste like punishment. And yeah. really, yeah. Any, <laughs> any beer is kind of a way almost to reward yourself without punishing yourself. Well, and a, and a good point, too, is... You know the reasons to not drink beer with alcohol in it are are greater than ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to be frank, like I feel like ten years ago it was, you know, the only people that you saw drinking in an ape beer were were someone who quit drinking. Yeah. Right. right now you see, um, I want to feel good tomorrow. I'm going on a run later. I am, you know. There's a lot more reasons that we're seeing people drink, not drinking, drinking yeah. on it. And with that, have you seen that there's a, a greater demand for it now that they have more of these products available? Oh yeah, um, well-being has been a really, really big product for us, and uh, it, it hasn't been slowing down. Mm-hmm. It started, I, I think, when we first started off, it was a big thing for January. Like, it was say, a big push for Janu- dry January. Yeah. You know, uh, get that in, and then you know it became, you know, industry people were like. To try January is really tough for bars, so I'm not going to do dry January. I'm going to do February. And then it just spread out. I think as the, the, the sort of bar culture, drinking culture, and beer culture, I guess, has changed a bit where it's a little more acceptable to um, have a beer earlier in the day. And so oftentimes people will meet over a beer earlier than they normally would. It's not yeah. just confined to happy hour. But with that comes some challenges. Some Not everyone wants to have that full beer at, well... 
in this instance, you know, 1245. So with the culture change and with that, um, just I think maybe some more uh, health conscious mentality yeah. in the industry. Uh, it's been a, it's been really picking up. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like the quality is only going to improve over time with the demand. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, I, well-being is amazing. And I think there are going to be a lot of people seeing it and these other brands coming out with NAAF products as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be a lot following. N-A-A-F, I love that. You know, yeah, so. <laughs> I, know, I know that they're the two terms. N-A slash A-F, right. Just to clarify. <laughs> in Europe, they don't call them non-alcoholics. They call them alcohol freeze yeah. AFs, uh, not what you're thinking right now. So, uh, oh, I know, I know. Yeah. Just all together, it was. N a n a f n a a f. I love that. Perfect. Well, you know, so um, let's let's move over here to Daniel here for a minute. Daniel, I've got a question for for both of you. But we're going to start with Daniel. Tell us about your journey that led you to being the head brewer at Last Days of Autumn. And then we'll talk about what happened after that. So um, in terms of actually like learning how to homebrew and getting to that, I rode a bicycle uh, from about 2006 to 2015. And uh, I had a flat on the side of the road. And this guy came and uh, asked me if I needed to ride home. I was like, sure. He, he was mutual friends with a couple other cyclists that I rode around with. And uh, as we were talking in the car, he's like, oh, yeah, I make my own homebrew beer. I was like, hey, that's really cool, man. I was like, maybe I'll ride, over my, ride my bike over one day and just go check it out. And it was like the most refreshing, like, red ale. And I've probably never had a red ale since then. But, <laughs> uh, it was a really good beer. So I was like, well, maybe I can actually save some money because of that time in Sevier County and in Knox County. We didn't have what Best Brands uh, brings us nowadays. We didn't have a lot of different breweries yeah. that came in. So if you wanted something, you had to make it yourself. And that's basically what I did. Or drive a, a lot of hours to go get it. Yeah, and I rode a bicycle, so I just couldn't <laughs> go anywhere to go get it. So your choices were buy what was available at the store down the street or yep. make it. Yep. But uh, basically, uh, when I started working at Barley's, I kind of had the mindset that it would be a good place for me to get my foot in the door into uh into craft beer and that's actually where i started uh i started uh hanging out with the people from highland brewing company in Asheville. Uh, i got to brew uh two um beers on their uh on their small system the coco ono chocolate cherry porter um but yeah just uh going through different festivals volunteering my time and then i met um aaron from crafty uh before crafty had opened and that's when um i started kind of getting a little bit serious about, uh, about doing it professionally. Yeah. 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 And so how did that, you land at last days of autumn? Um, it was really just that, uh, uh, didn't really have space for me at crafty. So Mike, uh, found out that I was kind of on the look and, uh, he had asked Aaron one day at Alliance and he said, sure. Yeah. Like, uh, definitely hire him. So I went over to the last days and was the head brewer. The first year was pretty hardcore. I won't lie. Uh, coming from a you know a homebrew background onto um, professional brewing, yeah, uh, and then I went to brew school actually three years after uh, I was already a professional brewer. But yeah, I learned a lot in those past five years and experimented a whole lot too, like on my own time at, at home. Yeah, well, I've had a lot of many great beers at Last Days, so I want to say thank you for for, for all that. That's yeah, awesome. Man. Blood, yeah. sweat, and tears. Cheers. Man. I'll drink. We're we're running out. We're we're getting empty. 
Barmaid. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that, that's bad luck, right? That, that's that's bad luck right there. Please don't kill us. She's taking care of the other guests. Yeah, she's she's yeah. Um, so so that's kind of what got you a little bit into beer professionally. Um, you know, Peter, what what drew you to beer, craft beer personally, and then also what got you into beer professionally? Um, well, it, hmm, it's kind of the same thing, probably. My first uh, experience with, like, real craft beer was in college and late night, writing papers in the dead of winter on for musicology in Fargo, North Dakota. So I was a, I was a music student and um, a in, friend of in mine. In North Dakota. In North Dakota, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would, I just remember late nights just sipping on like barley wines and giant stouts and stuff. I remember like specifically like Expedition Stout from Bells. And this was like 10 years ago, you know, like probably even more. Um, and a friend of mine had brought those over and I was like, some of those were the ones that just I thought, oh, I, I, I want to, I want to experience this more, right? Yeah. And so he was, he was the one who introduced me to craft beer. He was from Denver, which was, uh, um, you know, a little bit further ahead than North Dakota in the whole like beer <laughs> culture at the time. So, <laughs> anyway, as so, I can imagine. But then professionally, um, I spent uh, five years as a um, as traveling musician, a professional um, classical musician. And part of that was being on the road 10 out of 12 months of the year, going to different cities, because each job I had was about three weeks in some city in the United States. And when I was looking to get out of that for various reasons, I thought, what, God, what am I gonna, what am I gonna do next? What do I, what do I wanna do? I'm tired of this. I thought about my experience on the road and I thought every time I would get to a new city, I would go, what, what local breweries are here? What's near the place oh, yeah. I'm staying? Very I, familiar what's, the, with that. what's the beer culture like? And I thought, this is, this is what I spend all of my spare time doing. So let's look into this. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a place for me here. Um, and it just so happened there that there was. So I, uh, as I was having that decision, as I had sort of decided this is my last singing gig, I saw just like an advertisement on social media that that a brewery from Georgia was looking for a sales rep. That's right. I forgot you worked for Wild Heaven. That's right. right. Yeah. And so I had, aside from spending a lot of time in breweries and learning about beer and actually going through like the, the first level Cicerone program as well, I had no experience, right? <laughs> it was just like, I wrote them a letter and I said, I know this seems far-fetched and you usually pick people out of the industry, but here's my story. I think I can sell your guys' beer and would love to be part of the team. And so I'm re really thankful to Eric and Sarah and Nick and the leadership at Wild Heaven for taking this chance on me. I'll drink to that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I have so much respect for those guys. And that's what got me in to the uh, industry was just wanting to be around these people more, right? What, yeah. So, yeah. I love that. And so then what got you from Wild Heaven to best brands. And then the next question, Daniel, is what got you from last days to Gypsy Circus? Go ahead, Peter. Um, I, as I said, I loved Wild Heaven. I loved the, the, the ownership and the management. It was a great company to work for. But personally, the brand rep position was a little taxing on me. Um, I, having a, a large territory and I guess repeatedly cold calling people, dropping in, saying, hey, try out this beer, try out this. It, it just, 
it, it got to a point where I was, I was, I was struggling with it. Yeah. It just didn't fit my personality very well. And I, it got to a point where Best Brands was looking for someone. It was a nice, easy transition because Best Brands was the distributorship by which Wild Heaven was sold. So you're still selling I, Wild Heaven. Exactly. I knew the people very well, uh, was close with them. And so, you know, the time came and I thought, I'm going to apply for this new position they have opening yeah. up. And it's, it's different because... Now I have a set of relationships that I maintain more regularly. Well, it's like town. I see you every week. Yes. And like you've got, you know, and it's sort of like a supporting role of like, what do you all need? How can I give you what you need to be a successful business and all right. that kind of stuff? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, Daniel, you were at Last Days for five years, which is crazy to think that Last Days has even been open for five years. <laughs> Uh, Mike was on the show recently and said that someone was like, last days is one of the OG breweries. He's like, how is that possible? We've only been open for five years. Um, you were there from day one yeah. and uh, recently made the transition to Gypsy Circus. Tell yeah. us about that and, and what you're doing now at Gypsy. So um, it really, I'll go ahead and say this. Um, craft beer isn't what it used to be. Craft beer what? Isn't what it used to be. I'll okay. throw that one out there for okay. you. I don't like adding kids cereal to beer. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Okay. Um, But mead has always been kind of a thing I've always been um, fascinated with. Made my first mead uh, when I was with Crafty before they had opened. We actually poured it out in Market Square. Uh, I actually remember being in this place with Last Days and Crafty over here in the corner and bringing our homebrew kegs here and just giving people free samples all day long. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so lots of good memories in this place. But um, I've always kind of experimented with uh, working with wild yeast and bacteria uh, in the time that I've been at Last Days and also making ciders on the side, making wine on the side, and making meads on the side. Uh, but I do, I do like uh, low alcohol meads, um, like a good 5%, 6% mead, something to actually drink a glass of, not like a four-ounce pour. It'll, it'll put you down, Yeah. you know. And uh, in case anybody doesn't know, mead is basically honey and water and yeast and some nitrogen as well. Because so back in the day when, um, when they made mead, um, same thing as this, it, science wasn't, the science wasn't as great with it. So mead always, people always thought it took months and years to, to, uh, from start to finish. Well, with uh, how new brewing sciences go on, now we realize that there's no nitrogen in there and we need to add nitrogen. So in beer, it's called fan. Uh, you have nitrogen from the grains. In wine, you have nitrogen from the grapes. Gotcha. Apples, uh, cider, you have nitrogen from the skins. But honey barely has any nitrogen whatsoever. So you're able to actually kind of move it along a whole lot quicker. It still needs to age a bit, but you're able to actually get a... I have 500 gallons of our uh, flower child that I made um, using all organic uh, nitrogen. And basically, it's just dead yeast cells that I give it uh, in, in a powder form. And the yeast actually get the nitrogen from that. Fascinating. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's a nice and uh, organic way of, of actually so doing it. It sounds like the short answer is this is a new challenge. Yes. And you like to be challenged. Yeah. So you're excited about that. So mead. Uh, barrel aging, clean and wild cider. And cider doesn't exactly like get sour mm-hmm. and funk like a beer does. It actually uh, goes through what's called a malolactic fermentation. 
And when that happens, the malic acid turns into lactic acid, and the lactic acid is much softer, and there's actually diacetyl, the butter kind of flavor to it, and it doesn't sour like it would a beer. Now, mead can, but, but cider just does not. Um, but sake as well. He's given me some uh, sake ingredients to make and try. Oh, that sounds And fun. then the new thing, actually, that I'm doing now um, is 100% gluten-free beer. Ooh, yes. I love that. So oh. sorghum, millet, buckwheat, rice, um, and then basically just make it like any other beer and, and make sure that, you know, there's no cross-contamination of it by yeah. any means. But, uh, but yeah, that's the, that's the new thing. Gluten-free, not yeah. gluten-reduced. Yeah. And we're about to put out our um, first barrel-aged product that Matthew Lilly started, um, my predecessor, and it's an elderberry uh, rye whiskey. Sign me up. Barrel-aged, yeah, uh, postmodern barrel. Oh, Tastes yeah. really, really good. But unfortunately, he did. Um, he put all the elderberries into the barrel for me. Mm-hmm. There's like... 10 pounds of elderberries and they're very <laughs> tiny and it was a pain in the ass to get out of that barrel and I was cussing him the whole time. <laughs> Damn it, Lily. Damn it, Lily. Thanks. Thanks, Bert. Love Thank you, brother. Uh-huh. No, uh, so my question, so obviously with beer, even though the four ingredients, tons of variation, now that you have the mead and the ciders to play with, huge amount of variation and when I first came in, when you first started working over there and I always mess up this word, michelada, michelada, Michelada. Michelada. So I I had a Michelada cider that you had made. And Mm. oh my God, like it changed my mind as to what ciders could be. I didn't Mm. realize, oh, ciders, you know, it's a little bit sweeter. I've had some that are a little bit more dry, but it's a it's a beautiful base. So what are some of the more experimental things that you're looking forward to doing with those? Um, so the whole, like I was telling you, the the whole sour aspect, I have I have a couple things I'm working on Mm -hmm. to try to get it uh, very sour. Um, when I try to approach ciders and when I try to approach meads, meads, I, I like to do more traditional things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to add a whole bunch of adjuncts to them. I like them honey, water, yeast, and maybe some fruit or maybe some spices, coffee, cocoa, whatever. Uh, but I try to make it for beer drinkers yeah. because cider is a very small, I mean, it's, it's getting bigger. Uh, and mead's actually pretty small too. Uh, when I bartend at, a, at the barrel house, uh, a lot of people still don't know what meat is, mm-hmm. basically. Um, Education, awareness. Yeah. And yeah, that's, so and that's a, tough, them, you know. a tough road to to go down ed- is education, but it's important. And when you're the first, that's that's kind of the, the 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 thing you have to bear is is, is breaking into the market is, is sharing the, something new with people. And as we all know, Knoxville beer community, like education is is the number one thing. Like absolutely, yeah. friendship, education, yeah. and uh, yeah. We work hard on that with Knox Brew Tours. We look forward to bringing people through Gypsy. Mm -hmm. Well, so you kind of mentioned something earlier I want to touch on with both of you. You said beer uh, to you isn't what it it used to be. This is is kind of a big question. Um, The short short version of the question is what's wrong with beer? But I'm going to take it in a slightly more positive angle and say, I'm going to ask both of you, what is, and, and Candace and Kevin and everybody at the table here, what is something that you feel like the craft beer could improve on? And that could be the liquid itself, that could be the environment, that could be how people serve it, it how it's priced. It, the, the door is open for any way, shape, or form that you feel like the craft beer world could improve. And I just, 
sprung that on you. So if you need a minute, take all the time you need except for hurry up. I mean, um, I, I, also, <laughs> I, I have a filler question if, if you need something a little bit easier about your thinking on those things, too. So if you need time. but Go for it. Yeah. Sure. Okay, okay, question for each one of you. Uh, one, how many John Wick slash Keanu Reeves references oh do you Oh, my get? God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have literally thought that this is the first time I met you at Beard and Beer Market. Yeah, that's right. Yeah? I know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't not. Once every other week. All right. Seriously. All right. Yeah, okay. It's uh, at least. Yep. So thank you for. Yeah, putting you're very welcome. I didn't even put welcome. two and two together when I was telling you about that sketch before the show. But anyways, go ahead. <laughs> All right. And then a question for you. Um, so the, the Oracle Pale Ale uh, Oracle. So where did Oracle Delph, where does that come from? Uh, so that was my Appalachian Trail name. It was your what name? My Appalachian Trail name. Oh, what? Yeah, so Oracle. you hiked the Appalachian Trail? I hiked half of it. Well, I, did I ran out of money and then wanted to become a brewer. Like the moment I left, I was yeah. like, I've already been on this trail for three months. Uh -huh. I was used to working two jobs all the time. And I was like, I don't have a college education. And the best thing I can do, other than working in a kitchen or a restaurant, mm -hmm. was to basically start from the very, very bottom and learn how to make beer That's so cool. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for the big question? I yeah. think I think so. And, okay. and, this is, and this is very tough, right? Because as someone who just um, who you know sells beer from a warehouse and everything and makes you know contact with accounts, I who am I to tell any brewer any brewer how to do something differently or how to manage their business differently? So I want to make that disclaimer first. Like this. Okay. Is, but from a from a personal place as someone who just enjoys beer. I think that there's a place for every style in existence, no matter how simple or how far out there. Um, but to me, what really impresses me as a beer drinker is even those simplest styles done to, uh, done with care and just done to uh, a impressive level, right? It can be, any style, but I want to. I, I want to taste good fermentation. Sometimes that's what's the, one of the more impressive things for me right now. I mean, like the hop, the hop selection and the malt selection, all that kind of stuff is is hugely important. But I think people sometimes forget about how important your whatever yeast you're using, how you cultivate it, how you manage it, and how to manage the fermentation. Just the enormous impact that has upon the flavor of the beer. And when you taste something that's that's poured from the tap, that's fresh and just fermented beautifully and in the mm -hmm. right place. It's like, it can be any style. If I taste that, I want more and I want to come back to that place. So I guess, like I said, I, I, um, I, I struggle to tell anyone to do anything differently, but I don't, I will always, I will always be impressed by a perfectly, well, Perfect. No, a well done pilsner or a well lagered beer yeah. at a um, craft you, you brewery. You want to in see a town. little more of a rise back to some of the more traditional and classical styles. Yes, but with the disclaimer that also, if you pour me a um, you know New England IPA where you spent an exorbitant amount on the hops and the cryo hops and did all of that kind of stuff, You're I will also too. I'm also down for that. But yes, um, just the we can't just go to the complicated and expect to just 
get people with the wild stuff. Um, that I think is a path of diminishing returns at times. You also need to be improving upon the most basic things all the time because it's not enough to just yeah. be a craft brewery anymore yeah. in the market. That's there was a day it, when if you were if you just opened a place, you know, and had you could you know, you could just get by by the fact that you're independent and that's tougher and, now. And we need to continue to convert non-craft beer drinkers into craft beer as well. Right. And some of those more uh, classic traditional styles are, are great gateway beers to do that. Yeah. All right, what about you, Daniel? How can uh, craft beer improve? Um, stop trying to be Cicerones. <laughs> Put down the untapped app. Oh. Drink your beverage, enjoy your company, and that's it. I can, I'll drink to that. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Well, yeah, we're out of beer. Ah. <laughs> oh, hey, so, I'll drink to that. Hey, cheers. Cheers. We're out of beer. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Team effort. Ace, yes. Kevin. Hello. You guys have anything you want to add to the uh, how can craft beer improve conversation? How, how wait, how, I'll, I'll, I'll let you start. I need to think about this. I think I'll, I'll do a quick okay. answer. Okay. For, for me, um, I would like to see... This is this is a, a tough one. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for this, and 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 I see this more often in other cities than in Knoxville. But overall, I would like to see customer service and craft breweries improve. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to get a bad rap for for walking up to a bar and saying, "What do you want?" No, hello, how are you? Welcome to blah 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 brewing company. You know, yeah. I, I'd like to see a little more. Um, Customer ser- I'd like to see our customer service in the craft beer community improve a little I, bit. I, I agree with that because, um, you know, and, and I'm sure it's true with a lot of us. In fact, it's already been brought up on the show already. But, you know, you go to different places. You kind of want to check out, you know, what their beer culture is like. And you you see the differences in the nuances of the customer service aspect. You know, which ones are, are warm and friendly and have that educational element. You know, they, they want to size you up as to, well, what do you know? And what can I offer to yeah. help expand that knowledge, yeah. um, which will overall give you a better visit in their location. So I, I totally agree with that. Um, had to jump in there on that. That was not my answer at all, though, <laughs> because what I was going to say is just because you can do something and you see a trend moving in a something you know a certain direction doesn't mean that every brewery has to jump on that bandwagon and start making those damn seltzers. <laughs> Stick to what you're good at. You're doing a great job. You, we don't need any more of those. That's just, that's my, uh, my two cents worth. <laughs> they're coming. Every, they're coming, though. <laughs> y'all may not know, but uh, every week, Kevin does a, a segment on Brew News called That, that Damn Seltzer Report. report. <laughs> uh, wow. So there's there's some history there uh, if you've been listening to the show. They're cheap, man. Yeah, what about you, Ace? How can the craft beer world improve? So if I could expand upon what you were talking about as well. Um, so uh, I will. Uh, this will be my last week actually working at a bridge, but something that has been my favorite part about being a server there is being an introduction for people, not just to a bridge, for, but for some people to craft beer. Because we have people that come in and then here we have a great burger or love the location, and then aren't necessarily beer drinkers. And I take that as a personal challenge. But when people come in, it's, hello, welcome. Have you been here before? If not, roll out the red carpet. What can I do for you? But on top of that, I always preface before I get there, it's not just, what are you drinking? It's, do you have any preference when it comes to beer yeah. style? Because Learning. that one question will gauge 
their their educational background, if that's something that they're a little bit more experimental. So I feel like the way you can approach it, obviously being friendly, because there is kind of this pretentious nature to craft breweries. You walk in and there's there's an intimidating aspect. If you walk yeah. up and if you don't know what you want, it's then you feel bad if you want samples. But I feel like, yes, I think that people can be a little bit better with that. Um, and I think coming full circle, what I would like to see is to to have more NA beer options, NAAF options at our craft breweries so that it is approachable for everyone. It's not just sodas, and I do love kombuchas and seltzers, whatever, but um, to, have a, to have an NA option um, for people that aren't necessarily beer drinkers or alcohol drinkers, but maybe want to try yeah. beer, to have something like well-being and have variation, not just, well... This is Odul's. This is all we have. Um, it's uh, they're having a little bit of a variation out there, and that's something that I have actually started looking for, going out of my way to look for when I'm at these breweries. Is is there something like this available so that everyone can enjoy? It? Because craft beer is, I, I want it to be for everyone. For everyone, everyone is yeah. welcome. Yeah, yeah, and that comes down to it, another thing I was going to say is cultivating your community, right? Absolutely. Because it's that. The, it doesn't stop at the tap, you know, mm -hmm. it, uh, as you said, what comes, uh, how the customers are greeted, everything in between, everything mm -hmm. when they walk in the door is hugely important. And so, yeah, cultivating with the biggest net you have is, yeah. I love it. And I want to make it very clear. All of us at this table love craft beer and love the community. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and we keep it very positive and light, but it's fun to kind of, to, to look at areas that we can push ourselves and push each other to, to make it even better than it already is. Mm -hmm. All right, we are running out of time. Before we go, I've got that super important mm -hmm. question. We've, it's been a tradition on the show, uh, so we're going to keep this tradition rolling. Uh, to, to close this out here, uh, Daniel and Peter, what is one moment, looking back, um, when you were a brewer at, during a global pandemic, when you were a beer sales rep during a global pandemic, what has been a positive experience that 20 years from now, when you look back on this time period, you'll remember? Hmm. You gave us all this time to think about it. <laughs> and and I, if, I, if I may say as well, um, we've had people, we've asked this question too, where it's a, it's a personal thing. Like this is, oh, I got to spend time, like Charles Ellis yeah. said, I got to spend time with yeah. my son. Charles, well, it was his answer was not professional at all. He said, oh, it was I, I got to spend more. It wasn't it was professionally very unprofessional. related. Yes. He, uh, he, he said he, that the, he'll look back on the time he had to spend with his family. Yeah. Well, so, okay. Alex Shirey said her, her answer was that she got to float on a on kayak yeah. more that summer than ever. You spooked me with the preface of the question. So that, <laughs> I had an answer prepared, and I thought I had to pivot. But no, so I, um, I've always been a bit of a into nerd culture uh, video games, tabletop games, all that kind of thing. And uh, during the pandemic, as we were all at home, some friends that I hadn't been in touch with, you know, some since high school, uh, we, we got together and some of us, and I was introduced to a, sort of a community and some other people that I'd never even met before. And we started doing this in our spare time, right? We did, we started playing games together because none of us were going out. Um, and it's been about a year now and some of these people I talked to almost on a daily basis and I'd never met. But just last night and the night before, 
now that, um, you know, as, as things are starting to change and open back up, I met some of them in person for the first time. Oh, they came to Knoxville and I was able to see these people that I'd only seen on a Zoom screen for about a year. And we just, we'd like looked at, we looked at each other in the eye and we shared beers together. And it was, it was so uplifting. It felt so that. good. So that, that is, you. that, you know, main, seeing a friendship in real life that was started virtually during the pandemic is yeah. just a really cool story. That is oh, cool. that is cool. Yeah. You got anything for us, Daniel? First off, I didn't get any free time during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Just going to throw that one out there. Uh, worked very hard. Uh, took care of uh, last days when Mike, Tracy, and Stuart and Alex all got COVID. Um, and Nathan at the same time, I believe. Um, but uh, I guess if there was one thing, it's uh, I never lost my passion. Oh, I guess okay. would be because uh, I've had a lot of things thrown at me in the craft beer industry mm -hmm. and I've never given up and never lost my passion, to be honest. Yeah. I, I saw you often during COVID canning, canning beers at 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> uh, so thank you for your uh, yeah. commitment. We thank appreciate you. that. <laughs> All right, fellas. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We had a great time. We really yeah. appreciate you being here. Um, and we'll see you, Daniel, hopefully around at Gypsy Circus mm -hmm. in North Knoxville. And I guess, Peter, you know, most people can't really find you because you unless they own a bar. Um, but if anybody wants to hang out with Peter, he's usually here on, on Wednesdays at the hub around lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good bet. That's, that's a good, a good bet. bet. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, until next time. Cheers, fellas. Thanks, cheers. Cheers. Well, well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's now time for this week on tap. Sort of. Uh, we have been on it lately and really kicking ass. Thanks to Candace's hard work, but we can't make this week's on tap segment accurate unless we do it the day leading up to the day before we release yeah. it. Right. As we previously mentioned earlier in the show, this has been pre-recorded. Mm -hmm. Hope y'all are having a wonderful Memorial day. Um, most likely when this is airing yeah. at six o'clock next Monday, that the, the blog will be available. Oh yeah. Oh, it'll absolutely yeah. be blogged. But, sure. but next Next, when this is airing right now, when people yeah. are listening to this, Candace, where might you be next Monday at six o'clock? Next Monday at six o'clock. Um, I'm, I'm planning on being at a barbecue actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah I plan on being at my friends. I'll be at a lake house. My friend's nice. uh, lake house. I'll be helping him clean up. I told him I would I'd be in cleanup duty. Nice. What about you? Where are you going to be? Um, you know, I, that is yet to be determined. Uh, Melissa and I have been working on some last minute plans, which is a horrible idea. The week before <laughs> Memorial Day. Um, but you know, I, I plan on, uh, actually by the time the show airs, I'll probably be on my way home, if not back at home and probably with a, uh, a cold, refreshing beverage in hand, listening to this show going, gee, you dropped the ball a few times there, kid. <laughs> it really shows that you weren't drinking. Is that, is that Nathaniel Radcliffe? No, no, no. That's, that's, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so in lieu of this week on tap, just to be clear, we're still going to do it. We just can't talk about it before it happens. Yeah. Make sure to go to knoxbrewstories.com slash blog. And hopefully Monday night or early Tuesday morning, we'll have that blog updated mm -hmm. as uh, we won't be live on the radio, but we'll still be behind the scenes working to bring you this week on tap. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And to keep that same theme going, 
I'm not sure what's coming up next week. We've got a lot of wonderful guests, a lot of things planned, and we're super excited about the future. I think June's going to be a lot of fun for us. Oh, it's going to be it's oh, going to yeah. be awesome. And uh, we have yet to pick our guests, but uh, well, hopefully, you know, you love the surprises. I do love the surprises. Uh, you like does. to bust them on us, so you know <laughs> we're going to bust the surprises on everybody next week. Let's wow. Do it. Um, hopefully soon on the show, we'll be announcing the opening of Crafty Bastards West location. Yeah. Uh, and I, we'll see what other kind of changes we have coming up on the show as well. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for being here. Hopefully we'll see you next week live at Knox Brew Hub, 421 Union Avenue, as we always like to do it live and uh, have a good time and hang out with you guys. I am Zach Roscoff. Joined with me as always is Ace and just Kevin and our wonderful video producer, Cam Molidor. Thank you, friends, for hanging out with us on this week's Knox Brew Radio. Have those a great Memorial Day. Yeah, have a great Memorial Day. To those who have seen us at our best, to those who have seen us at our worst, and to those who don't know the difference. Cheers. Cheers.